In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom, and I'm glad to be with you today. Why should we be urgent to preach the gospel? Because it's between life and death. It's between heaven and hell. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, the people who do not believe, they will be judged and they will be sent to, to a place that they do not want to go. You see, he's still on the throne, Jesus. He hears and answers prayer. He's in control. Maybe you're not in control today. I was asking for something just an hour ago, and finally I said to the Lord, I surrender it to you. And guess what happened? It came. I did not need to be anxious. God heard my prayer. He heard my surrender. He heard it, and he sent what I needed. I received a call from New Jersey today and telling me how blessed they are by the broadcasts. Isn't that wonderful? I remember going to New Jersey. We were in this little chapel. Was so beautiful, so beautiful. So many people were touched, blessed, healed. So I say to you, stop questioning, believe. If you are questioning about the Eucharist, pray this prayer, O Sacrament Most Holy, O Sacrament Divine, all praise and all thanksgiving. Be every moment thine. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving, be every moment thine. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving, be every moment thine. Do you hear that prayer? Do you hear that prayer? It's such a beautiful prayer. It tells us that we believe, that we believe. What do we believe in? The real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ as Eucharist, as Eucharist. Let me see if I could find what I'm looking for. I'll go back to this, I'm sorry. I thought I was being called to something else, but I can't find it. So I'm going to ask you to listen. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. That's Jesus. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, what are you doing? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions, when they were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar, 
was high priest and ate the bread of presence. You see, even in the Old Testament, the fourth figures, the old, the, uh, the bread of presence. We have the bread of presence. It's called the Eucharist. Unless you eat this bread and drink this cup, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in them. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, those who eat me will live because of me. This is the bread come down from heaven. Unlike the bread your fathers ate in the wilderness, the manna, those who eat this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my life for the world to come, my flesh. Oh, yes, the bread of presence, they ate it. They had no right eating it. Only the priests could eat it, but they were hungry. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I do think that we should have a day that we're quiet and we're with the Lord. I do think we need that. And that's not being legalistic. That's being, that's being the way we need to do things. Because if you go seven days a week, you know what's going to happen. You're going to burn out. You might ask how I know that. Oh, yes, I know it. I've burnt out three times. And I tell you, there's no fun in burning out. That's why we have a Sabbath, to rest on that day, whatever day you choose. It doesn't have to be Sunday. Whatever day you choose, where you pray and seek the Lord and don't do very much, that's the way it is. Again, he entered the synagogue, and the man was there who had a withered hand. It's the Sabbath again. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath. What would you do if you were in that synagogue that day and Jesus approached? What would you do? Would you say, I wonder if he's going to heal this man? Or would you say, ah, it's Jesus. Good things are going to happen. You see, legalism is no good. When we let go of grace, we choose legalism. It's a law. It's either grace or legalism. And grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. We don't want to be legalistic because legalism gets you nowhere. We need to follow the Ten Commandments. That's not legalism, that's reality. Let me continue. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. Oh, they would not speak a word. They knew what the answer was, but they were silent. Sometimes our silence is deafening. We have silence against the unborn. 
we have silence against what they're doing in schools, teaching our kids sex ed, starting with the kindergarten. We have silence. There's a time for silence, and there's a time to speak. And if we don't speak, you know what happens? The enemy gets his way. God has given us a mouth to speak. Oh, yes, about the unborn, about men and women marrying, not men and men. That doesn't mean we hate those people. It just means it's just not real. It's not right. It's The pieces don't fit in plain English. That's just the way it is. God wants us to have true marriages, men and woman, in Christ. Man and woman in Christ. Let me continue. Is it lawful to do good or harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger, and he was grieved at their hardness of heart. Oh, Jesus, spare us from the hardness of heart. Let your spirit touch our heart and spare us from the hardness of heart. Don't let our hearts become lean. We want our hearts to pick up what you're doing and to follow what you're doing. I remember somebody said, now what parade is Father Tom after now? It was none of his business. I'm not after a parade. I'm after the truth. Oh, yes, once it led us to Milton Hospital, where there was an image of the Blessed Mother, that people need to speak out against, against sin and speak up for the Lord, that Jesus Christ saves us from death through his blood, death, and resurrection. Oh, yes, that was the parade I was following then. They needed someone to preach to them or else they just would have seen an image of the Blessed Mother. The image was real. I saw it. But why this image? Because Mary is calling her children to love Jesus Christ. Mary is saying, do whatever he tells you to. That's what Mary is saying. But they were silent, and he looked around at them with anger, and he was grieved at the hardness of their heart and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against Jesus and how to destroy him. They should have had a party. said, Hallelujah! God has worked! This man, no need to beg if he's a beggar. Now he's got to go to work. You see, we need to rejoice when Jesus does something on the Sabbath day or not on the Sabbath day. We need to see Jesus working. And our Lord works today just as he did 2,000 years ago. The last verse of St. John's Gospel there are many more things that Jesus did where they all recorded. All the books in the world would not be able to contain them. I told you yesterday 
or the day before about the woman who was asked to go to Africa. She had been walking with a walker 12 weeks ago. Now she's running down the aisle. The Lord has healed her. But she wanted to go to Africa, but she did not have the $4,000. So what she did was she got on her knees and said to the Lord, if you want me to go to Africa, you've got to supply $4,000 and money for clothes. She let it go. She surrendered. And one day she got a call from the woman who was running the mission trip. We have $4,000 for you and the clothes money. You see, when you surrender, God knows how to do things. God knows how to do things. Someone said to me, I started to give more money because you keep on preaching about tithing. I started to give more money. And you said that the Bible said, I will open the windows of heaven and you will not be able to contain what I send you. So he started sending more money to the poor or wherever. He went to his mailbox and he found a $1,000 check by a friend of his. He wasn't looking for it. But as he started to tithe, the Lord opened the windows of heaven. Oh, yes, these are real things that happen. These are real things that happen, and we've got to proclaim them so that people would have faith. I cannot afford not to tithe. I cannot afford not to do it. I told you once I was in the hilltop having a bad day, and I was going uh, up near the window, and they had scratch tickets. And I said, I'm going to buy some. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, if you want them to take care of you, buy some. If not, I'll take care of you. I said, no, I don't want them. I don't want them. I need God to take care of me. I need God to take care of me. My mother used to say, it takes 40 people to take care of Father John. <laughs> anyway, maybe she was exaggerating. But uh, I need Jesus to take care of me. Chapter 3 of Mark, verse 7. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him. Why were they following him? Because they're desperate. They need someone to heal them. They need to be touched by the Lord. That's us. That's us. I'm desperate. I need to be touched by the Lord. Last Wednesday night, we had a touch from heaven that was so real. Jesus walking up and down the aisles, touching people. We didn't even need to pray for people that day. We did anyway, because Jesus was touching people in a magnificent way. Hearing all that he was doing, they came to him in great numbers from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and the region of Tyre and Sidon. That's Lebanon. Jesus went to Lebanon. 
Lebanon is part of the Holy Land. Oh, yes. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd. He did not want to be crushed. Because of the crowd, he asked that they would have a boat there for him. For he had cured many, so that all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and shouted, You are the Son of God. But he sternly ordered them not to make him known. Jesus was going to preach in a boat to the people on the shore so that he wouldn't be crushed. And I'm sure he preached the Word of God in such a way that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Have you opened your Bible lately? I've often said about Catholics, because I'm one, we have a certain time, 12 o'clock, in uh, the Pacific it'll be 9 o'clock, and all over the world, if everyone opened their Bible at once, you'd hear a big roar because you're breaking the bindings, because they've not been broken, because they don't read God's Word. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Jesus went up the mountain. And what do you think he went up the mountain to do? To pray. And he called to himself those whom he loved, those whom he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message of the kingdom. So he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. Simon is always first. If you remember the 20th chapter of John, John gets to the temple, or to the tomb first, but he waits for Simon to come in. Simon is always the first of the apostles, the bishop of Rome he becomes. There we get Francis, the Bishop of Rome. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message. What message? The kingdom of God is at hand, that God wants things to be done on earth as it is in heaven, and to have authority to cast out demons. So he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanges, that is, the sons of thunder. Why? Because they wanted to call down lightning on the Samaritans who didn't believe. Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you belong to. And Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Oh, never want to betray Jesus Christ. You know, when we sin, we betray him. But we have confession. We can confess our sins and repent. 
not only confess our sins, but repent by the grace of the Lord that we're not going to do it again. And if we do it again, we confess our sins and repent again. Oh, yes, it's all about repentance. The forgiveness of sins is all about repentance. What does repentance mean? You're going from A to B downhill. Repentance means you go back to A. It's 180 degrees turnaround. We turn around from our sin to the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then he went home. Where was home? Peter's house. And the crowd came together again so that they could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub and the ruler of demons. That's how he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. But at the end, when the end comes, but no one can enter a strong man's house, that's the enemy, and plunder his property without first trying to tie up the strong hand, man, binding him in the name of Jesus. Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for all their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, they never shall be forgiven. What is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? It is finally ex not accepting forgiveness from God on your deathbed. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the early church was called the forgiveness of God. How we need the forgiveness of God. How we need His power to repent. How we need His grace to repent. We have everything in America. We don't know how blessed we are. Wait till there be food shortages. Wait till see. Because they've burnt out so many places that produce wheat. That's crazy. Wait to see that there will be food shortages. Who are you going to follow then? I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to see multiplication by the grace of the living God. What about multiplication? Jesus promised me... Jesus promised me many times before that when these things be happening, that what food we have would be multiplied. And I believe it. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Don't be afraid today. He's still in control, and He loves you so much. Don't be afraid today. Trust in Him. Surrender, and He will act. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.